You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays, Wednesdays at 4 p.m., and Thursdays at 3 p.m. We can be heard exclusively here on Internet Radio Station, octalkradio.net. If you're listening to this show in the future as a podcast, we, enc- we encourage you to consider listening to the show live during our broadcast times. This show is brought to you by our commercial sponsors, Succession Strategies, Commerce National Bank, Smart Business Magazine, and Smart Stop Self Storage. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience, make better business decisions. If you're listening to the program live today and you'd like to participate in the conversation with one of our two guests, find the community chat room section of octalkradio.net's website, log in with your Twitter handle. This will bring you to our engineer, who today is Paul Roberts. He'll bring your thoughts and ideas to my attention, and possibly I can work them into one of the two interviews. Our second interview, if you're expecting my interview with Nancy Drew of Drew & Associates International, stay tuned because she'll be on the show in about 25 minutes. Right now, it's my pleasure to welcome Deborah Dixon of Smith Dixon to the program. Welcome, Deborah. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. Thank you. Good afternoon. Let's talk a little bit about you before we get into the firm and some other questions that I have planned for you today. Tell me a little bit about your professional background. My name is Deborah Dixon. I am a CPA, and I'm president of Smith Dixon and Accountancy Corporation. Prior to opening Smith Dixon in the mid 1980s, I was an auditor for Deloitte Touche, and then I was very fortunate to get a fantastic position with PricewaterhouseCoopers in the Entrepreneurial Services Division, where I was given three times the training of anyone else. I was given the consulting training, the tax training, and the audit training. Oh, that's excellent. So you have large firm experience. But let's talk about Smith Dixon. Can you can you describe the firm, the services that you provide, and from your client's perspective, what makes your firm different? Why do they choose Smith Dixon? Sure. Well, my background, even before working with the large firms, was growing up in an entrepreneurial background. My mom owned a trophy company. My dad owned a an equipment tank, gasoline, underground storage business, as well as a petroleum products handling company. So I grew up knowing nothing but how to run companies. And that's exactly what we do now in our firm. We help our clients run their companies and grow their companies. The first thing that we do is we're handholders. And so we don't, at Smith-Dixon, just prepare financial statements or tax returns. We are available as a resource to our clients. Most of our clients probably call us mm, three or four times a a month. Call us or contact us. Okay. So we're very, very involved with our clients way beyond recording their performance. We work with the dynamics of change in their business, and we help them with opportunities to save money and to make money. It's my experience that um, mid-sized companies, entrepreneurial companies, really come to depend on their CPA firm as a trusted advisor because you see so much of the internal operations of the business. I'm sure that's a part of what Smith Dixon provides to your clients as well. 
I think that's really true. And the clients depend on us for so many things. Probably the most important question I get once I really know the clients is the CEO is at the Porsche dealership. (laughs) And he calls me up and he says, I've got to talk to Debbie right this second. And, okay, what is it? Well, should I buy or should I lease my Porsche? And so we really get to know our clients in many different aspects. Also, we provide a lot of different services for the clients, almost like a rent-to-CFO, because our clients are going to be in the category of revenues about $3 million to $50 million. Okay. so the mid-level. And that's the type of people that listen to our radio program. Oh, this is perfect. Great, great. great. So some of the things that I think are really important to CEOs and managers of the middle market businesses are bank financing. Yes. I find that the the work that we do in assisting our clients with bank financing negotiations is unbeatable. Very often what happens is at the end of the year, October, November, and December, we work with each of our clients, our corporate clients and their CEOs, to look at their financial statements and their corporate tax returns and say, you know, if you don't do anything, here's what's going to happen. And you're mm-hmm. going to owe a lot of money in taxes right. and so forth. And also, you may or may not meet your debt covenants mm-hmm. with the bank. And so what we do is... We give them a lot of opportunities to make changes legally in their financial statements through what you call book-to-tax differences that are all legal and try to look really good for the bank and then not so good for the IRS simultaneously. Interesting how you have to think of multiple interests who are going to be looking at the financial reporting data of your clients because different organizations look at them for different reasons and have a different perspective on the reviewing of the financial statements. That's great that you can help your clients think multifaceted about their financial reports. Right. And the performance of their business as well, too. Right. So let me ask you another question, and then we're going to take our first commercial break after you answer this question. And I like to ask it of the guests here on the radio program. Of all the things you've learned and observed in your time in business and owning your own firm, do you have a guiding principle, kind of an overarching belief that you use to lead and grow Smith Dixon? Yes. I think that the most important thing that we do is always do what's best for the client. So when we provide service options... Don't oversell. Sometimes I could guide a client one way or another, but it's really, really important to always do what we think is best for the client. An example might be we took over a group of corporate clients from North Orange County recently, and they were having their financial statements prepared by an outside CPA firm every month, even though they are a multi-million dollar company. And they asked us to do that. We said, you know, that really doesn't make sense financially. Why don't we train your controller? We can help clean up the financial statements. You do need some changes made. And we'll train your controller and teach him 
what to do, supervise him for two or three months, Mm -hmm. and then be available as a resource for him. They said, that makes a lot of sense. We've been going for about six months, and they have saved so much money. They're getting their financial statements faster. Their management is happy because they're getting the data they need on a timely basis. And they developed an employee who now can do more than they were doing before, it sounds like. Absolutely. And these reports. And he loves us. He'll be loyal to us forever. Right. Great. So that works out really well. Nice nice way to bring your guiding principle to reality with a story. Thank you for doing that, Deborah. I appreciate it. And as I said, we're going to take our first commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. When we come back, I have some other questions for Deborah especially around the tax code changes. So don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back here on Critical Mass Radio Show after this commercial break. Good stuff to the right, more stuff to the left. Got enough stuff, but I can't take a step. So I smart stopped and took a minute to think. I need a little better spot, not under the sink. With Smart Stop, I leave the stress at the door. Cause it's a smart old way to score. Smart Stop bucks the system. Your first month's rent is just a buck. Your next three months are half off. Call 888-97-STORAGE and mention this station. Goodbye clutter, hello floors. Smart Stop, the smarter way to store. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This weekly show is one in a series of programs that we host here on octalkradio.net. If you're listening to the show today or as a podcast in the future and you say, hey, I know of a great, interesting, potential guest for the program, I'd ask you to connect with us by visiting our website, criticalmassforbusiness.com, select the contact page where you will find my email address, and phone number. Simply contact me, give me some information, would be happy to have your friend as a guest on a future episode. That's how Deborah Dixon came to our attention. I met her at Commerce National Bank, a function they had on the Affordable Care Act, and here she is a month or so later sitting in the chair in the studio. Welcome back to the program, Deborah. Thank you, Rick. Let's talk about, and maybe you can share, the impact of the tax code changes on small and mid-market businesses. All right. What I wanted to do is tell you a few examples of individual changes, and then I'll tell you some of the good things that have occurred on for small businesses. 
Wait a minute. There are good things that occurred for small businesses? There are good things there that have occurred go. for small right. businesses. Fantastic. So, so the reason I'm going to talk just for a minute about individual changes is because most mid-sized companies in Orange County are LLCs or S-corporations where the taxation flows through to the individual. Makes sense. So just to remind you of some of the things to think about for the flow-through companies, how they impact the owners of companies. The top tax rate in 2013 has increased by 4.6% for those earners over $450,000 married filing joint. Mm. The capital gains rate has increased to 20%. The dividends rate has increased to 20%. And something really important to know is if you're in the higher income category, which would be over $250,000 for married filing joint or 200000 single, you'll add another 3.8% in taxes for your rental income, your interest income, your capital gains income, and your dividend income. And there are a few other areas that have impacted individuals, such as a takeaway of exemptions, meaning a takeaway of mom, dad, and the kids mm-hmm. when you're in a higher bracket. And also you'll lose a portion of your charitable deduction, your mortgage interest, and your taxes. But let's talk about some good news good, for a business. Because I wasn't feeling real good as of you went as you well, went through that list. So. This is really important okay. for companies as they're going to start thinking about year end tax planning in a few months. Now, there are some ways to write off equipment and leasehold improvements this year that we did not have last year. And so, for instance, on investments of fixed assets, so that means machinery and equipment, Mm -hmm. computers, furniture, that sort of thing, you can write off dollar for dollar up to $500,000 of purchases. Okay even if you haven't paid for them. And that would be new or used equipment. So the game is, of course, uh, you can finance that equipment, okay. pay for it over a number of years, but get the full write-off this year, this year, which is very cool. And this year, additionally, those of you who are thinking about moving or making tenant improvements to your location whether you own or lease uh-huh. the location, you can write off dollar for dollar $250,000 of leasehold improvements, and they have to be qualified. Mm-hmm. So there are a few things to look at, but um, that we only get that option once or twice. It has not very often occurred. On top of that, there's one more way to write off equipment, okay. which is called bonus depreciation. So if all of that is not enough to write off for you, you can take another 50% of the remainder of the assets and write that off. And then there's something called makers where you can write off even some more. So you buy a piece of equipment for $500,000. You can write off all of it. Yes. You buy a piece of equipment for a million dollars, you can write off 500000 plus another 
250000 plus maybe another 100000 so over $800,000 right. of the equipment, even if you financed it. Right. And so the, it sounds like the tax code is being used to motivate a certain behavior. It sounds like the behavior that they want is for, for companies to go out and make investments in their business. That's right. It's, it's designed to stimulate the economy. Stimulate the economy, create demand because you're getting such a financial benefit on your tax return. Right. And now, Deborah, is this for this year only as far as the accelerated depreciation or is the write-offs or is that something that is that will be longer than 2013 some will be longer and some of it is still negotiable okay so are there um so okay i always believe that it's important that business owners be informed and not just take the headlines and we know that sometimes bad news is more interesting than good news so ser- clearly the first part of your conversation about the increases in tax rates, et cetera, is the bad news, which probably makes the headlines. But reading further and listening to someone like you, who's an expert in this area, you really can see business owners and the top executives listening to our program. There was an opportunity to really get an advantage for your business by understanding the changes in the tax code. That's right. And what you can do is make your financial statements look really good by taking minimal straight line depreciation. Right. So they look good for the banks. You meet your financial covenants right. or your debt covenants for the bank, and you can take a big write-off for taxes. Wow. So everybody wins. Great. So um, have we covered all the areas of tax information that I was so excited to have you on the program? You gave us quite a lot to think about and some, some really big dollars, ladies and gentlemen, especially for a 3 to $50 million company. Hundreds of thousands of dollars is significant. And it can really help you with your tax exposure. Is there anything else that you wanted to share with our audience that we that I haven't thought to ask you about relative to tax changes in the tax code, Deborah? Or have we covered it all in this conversation? We've covered some of the basics okay. at this point, unless we start to get into estate and gift tax. And I think that's a topic for another day. Okay. Well, we'll have you back in another day, and you can talk about it. How's that? That's fine. So, tell me about. Let's let's take the focus back. We have about four minutes left here on the radio program today. And I wanted you to share with us the future. Tell me about opportunities for growth for Smith-Dixon. When I have you back in the future and you're going to talk about other elements of tax planning, what's the firm going to be like? What's the three-year window? I don't want to hard put you down. I know how an accountant is. I don't mean three years specifically, but I just mean sometime off in the future more than the rest of this year. What do you see the firm doing to grow? Smith-Dixon has been growing, and the exciting news is we had our best year ever last year, but that was on top of our best year ever the year before wow, and top of our best year ever. Wow. And so we've been strong, healthy, and vibrant through the economic recession. And in large part, we are grateful to our clients. We have a, a wonderful base of clients, and we are loyal to them and try to take care of them. And we also believe that they're loyal to us. Additionally, I didn't talk about one large area of our business, which is different than most CPA firms. We are also forensic CPAs, and we provide litigation support services for attorneys. So what does that mean? That means that we dive into the financial records in various lawsuits and determine economic damages, lost profits, 
intellectual property issues, and then testify in court just like you see on TV. Excellent. And that's the forensic part of the accounting that you're doing? Yes. And with us being auditors and being in business Uh as a regular CPA firm, that makes us very strong litigation support CPAs because we see what regular corporate clients go through, and we can apply that to our litigation business. Do you personally get involved in this area of your practice? Oh, yes. Yes, I I testify. I've testified lots of times. I haven't testified since Monday. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Do do you do that here in Orange County or? Well, all over. Okay. Uh, Federal court, state court, from San Diego, San Bernardino, Riverside, Orange County, Torrance, Pasadena, Los Angeles. Okay. You name it. So is that as is is, I imagine the forensic accounting work is interesting. It's what you do for a living. Is the testifying part exciting, interesting, or is it dry and not exciting and interesting from your experience? How do you view that? Well, the testifying is very challenging. Okay. And it's it's kind of a workout. It's like going to the gym. You enjoy going to the gym, but you enjoy it more when it, when you're walking out of the gym. Right. Sense of accomplishment. So, yes. Yeah, having it behind you. Right. Okay. And so do you work with specific attorneys then or law firms in this area or, or how do you, how do people know to, that you do this work? Oh, sure. It's litigation firms. Okay. That you work with. Okay. And so we will work with certain attorneys and once we finish a case, they may hire us to handle another case. Mm-hmm. And also our reputation in the community, new attorneys will call us. And how prevalent is the need for a forensic accounting to then turn into someone who's testifying in a court case? They say most court cases, about 10% actually go to trial. Okay. But I would say of the work that we get, more than 50%, maybe 75% go to trial because they don't hire us until it's time to really get serious about the litigation. Right. Yeah, because there's the cost behind that, right? And getting yes, all that work done. That's right. So how long have you done that part of your work? Oh, 10 to 15 years at least. And how did you get started in doing something? How like? did I get started in that? I had a couple law firm clients who asked if I would help them out with something. Uh-huh. And then it just turned out that I was had a natural ability to do it. Okay. And my husband is a litigator. Oh, he is? He's an, a trial attorney. I of course, cannot work for him, <laughs> right. but I can certainly talk to him and uh, get excitement and experience in learning from him as well. That's excellent. Well, I, I want to thank you for being a guest on the program today, and the information that you've given to our audience is outstanding, especially since they're mostly business owners and executives. I guess I'll go for a bad pun. You said both of your parents were entrepreneurs. And you said that your mother owned a trophy business. You know where I'm going with that, right? Is she, was she a trophy wife then? Oh, oh funny, funny. Oh, shame on me. I should have just left that go. You should see the look on her face, ladies. My, my dad thinks so. <laughs> That's all the time. I thought you were going to give her a trophy for going, doing a good show. That's where I thought you were going with okay, this. So there's our engineer. Well, as I said, Deborah Dixon, thank you for being a part of our program today, a friend of the program, and I'm going to have you back in the future to share with us any other changes in the tax code and other things that we can talk about. Thank you very much. Well, thank you on behalf of Smith Dixon CPAs, and that's D-I-C-K-S-O-N. 
we very much appreciate the opportunity to be with you. How would someone find your wet, your firm online? What is your website? Online, our website is Smith Dixon D I C K S O N dot com. All right. And our phone number is nine four nine five five three ten twenty. We'd love to talk to you. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. If you've enjoyed and learned from the conversation that I've had today with Deborah Dixon, please follow up with her directly and her firm. We're going to take our second commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. When we come back, Nancy Drew of Drew and Associates International will be our guest. Stay tuned. My company made the switch to Commerce National Bank about six months ago. Our relationship officer was there every step of the way to make the transition as seamless as possible. We had an early hiccup with a deposit scanner, but they dropped everything and drove right to our offices to help. We couldn't feel better about our decision to switch. Instead of calling an 800 number and navigating through automated menus, now I call my Commerce National Bank relationship officer directly for any questions we have. Just knowing that they're so easily accessible and willing to help really puts me at ease. They offer the same technology as the big banks but deliver it with superior service and training. They're also rated a full five stars by Bauer Financial. So if your organization is a small or medium-sized business in Orange County, you should make the switch too. Call Mary Miller, Senior Vice President, at 949-870-3863 or visit them online at www.commercenatbank.com. That's commercenatbank.com. Give Commerce National a chance to do better than your bank, and they'll handle the rest. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www sbnonline.com. This is the Wall Street Journal Report. I'm Bruce Vale. Following early declines, stocks bounced back in choppy trading today. The Dow Jones Industrial Average gained 80 points, closing at 15,040. The Nasdaq Composite rose 22. The S&P 500 gained 13. At Advisors Capital Management, David Lieberman says the gains were not surprising. Stocks remain to be attractive, so we've seen this repeatedly over the last few months, that any time there's been a sell-off at all, it's been followed up by a pretty rapid buyback. Battery maker Exide Technologies is preparing for a potential bankruptcy filing by the summer. The Georgia company likely will seek Chapter 11 protection for the second time in a decade, a move known as a Chapter 22. After refusing a federal regulator's request to recall 2.7 million Jeeps over gas tank concerns, Chrysler said next month it will recall 435,000 Jeeps to uh, fix problems with the airbag and transmission. This is the Wall Street Journal report. defends the practice of secretly collecting telephone records. Pakistan's new prime minister calls for economic diplomacy. I'm Ray Kugel reporting from Washington. The Obama administration is coming under fire after a report in the British newspaper The Guardian that the government is secretly collecting the phone records of millions of Americans who use Verizon as their phone carrier. 
The Guardian says the move was authorized by the Secret Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court as part of the government's ongoing counterterrorism activities. VOA's Jim Malone reports. The Guardian report said the government order on the Verizon phone records was sweeping and involved tens of millions of Verizon customers who use either landlines or cell phones. The information gathered reportedly included phone numbers of both parties on a call, as well as time, date, duration, and location of calls. The order from the government's special surveillance court did not cover actually listening in on the calls or their content, according to the report. The reported phone record sweep was a prime topic of discussion at a Senate hearing of the Justice Department. Jim Malone, VOA News, Washington. Attorney General Eric Holder sidestepped questions about the issue during the Senate hearing Thursday, but did say there is no intention to spy on members of Congress or the Supreme Court. The practice is drawing criticism from public policy and civil liberty groups that object to the broad surveillance powers granted under U.S. laws. Syrian government troops have recaptured a U.N. man crossing along the ceasefire line with Israel in the Golan Heights, just hours after reports indicated Syrian rebels had briefly seized the area. The Austrian government, meanwhile, says it will be withdrawing its peacekeepers from the U.N.'s Golan mission. Austrians make up about 380 of the 1,000-strong United Nations Disengagement Observer Force. Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas swore in a new government Thursday, and blamed Hamas for failing to make progress towards a unity government. Mr. Abbas said there have been no positive signs coming from Hamas on agreeing to new elections. Hamas is refusing to recognize the new Palestinian government, instead recognizing its own prime minister in Gaza. Turkish Prime Minister Recep Tayyip Erdogan says his government will continue with its controversial plans to overhaul a small park in central Istanbul, despite widespread anti-government protests sparked by public opposition to the plan. During a news conference in Tunisia Thursday, Mr. Erdogan said terror groups were involved in the protests, which all began as an environmental demonstration. South Korea is accepting an offer by the North to hold official talks and a possible diplomatic breakthrough that follows weeks of worsening relations in the Korean Peninsula. Pyongyang's Committee for the Peaceful Reunification of Korea unexpectedly offered to hold talks on a pair of stalled joint commercial projects and also suggested humanitarian issues up for discussion. Seoul's Unification Ministry quickly accepted the offer, saying it wanted to hold the talks at the ministerial level in the South Korean capital June 12th. There's been no response yet from the North. Burma's opposition leader Aung San Suu Kyi says she wants to become her country's next president in 2015. That's when national elections are planned as part of an ongoing transition from decades of military rule. The Nobel Peace Laureate spoke to delegates attending Thursday's World Economic Forum meeting in Burma. Pakistan's new Prime Minister Nawaz Sharif is laying out some of his top priorities. They may affect Pakistan's relations with the international community. As VOA Sharon Bain explains. Prime Minister Nawaz Sharif, in his first public foreign policy directive since taking office, has told Pakistan's diplomatic missions around the world to turn their focus to aiding the economic growth of the nation. According to Pakistan's Foreign Affairs Ministry spokesman Aizaz Ahmad Chowdhury, Prime Minister Sharif's priorities for now are internal and economic. The Prime Minister directed our missions abroad to aggressively pursue economic diplomacy, promotion of Pakistan's interests in the realm of trade, foreign investment, and economic cooperation. Pakistan is suffering from a deep economic crisis with severe energy shortages, inflation, and unemployment. 
Sharon Bain, VOA News, Islamabad. Britain's agreed to compensate Kenyans who were tortured during the Mau Mau Rebellion against colonial rule in the 1950s. Foreign Secretary William Hague told Parliament Thursday that more than 5,200 Kenyans will be getting payments in a package worth almost $31 million. I'm Ray Kugel, VOA News. These and other stories on the Internet at voanews.com. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. I want to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 7,000 shows over the last 30 days. We here at the program and the radio station appreciate your continued support. All of our shows can be heard live on Internet Radio Station, octalkradio.net, or rebroadcast anytime from iTunes, Stitcher.com, and other podcasting services, as well as all of our shows can be found on our website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. All right, well, I'm excited to have our second guest, Nancy Drew, who is the founder of Drew and Associates International on the program. Nancy, welcome to the program. Thank you. Very nice to be here. It's great to have you. Let's get started by asking you, tell us a little bit about your background and your path to Drew and Associates. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you for the question. A very interesting story, to tell you the truth. People are quite shocked to hear this. Uh, As a young girl, I had a a very young girl. I had a a very successful company with modeling, acting, Hmm. and um, had a relationship that ended, uh, resulted in me um, financially ruined, sleeping in a shopping mall with a young baby. So you have never seen a more motivated person to work than when you go through something like that. Okay. And, uh, from that, you know, I always had the, the thought of how could we do this better? You know, and obviously homeless, you know, how could we do this better was live on the top of my list and went to, uh, went to a large company that I thought had a big future, you know, uh, garbage company. Okay. I thought, well, it's always going to be garbage. Went in there as a sales rep. And I remember they, they sat me down and they said, you know, we're going to cap you at $5,000 a month. But don't worry, no one's ever made it. You know, mm-hmm. There's lots of room for you. And I'm thinking, oh, great. You know, this is 20 years ago, and I'm all excited. Two weeks in, I hit 5,000. Wow. And I hit 5,000, and I hit 5,000. And uh-huh. I was, um, I remembered what I had been sleeping, you know, with my with my baby. You were motivated. I was motivated. I was motivated before, doing well before. But, you know, it changes your paradigm. When you go through an experience like that, it changes the person that you are. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, I became extremely talented at time management, um, getting to the heart of the matter. Anything was was a privilege to do. Okay. You know, and that really made the the base of my career. I ended up um going to um be headhunted and, and moving through that industry of the garbage industry, all male, at, to reporting to Wall Street. I was responsible for the financial earnings, you know, price volume, mm-hmm. um, any way we do acquisitions, special projects, uh, turnarounds. And I started getting calls from other companies, but hey, you want to come over here? Okay. And that, that developed, you know, from that Fortune 500 job uh-huh. to my own company. Is that... Drew and Associates International? That's correct. Yeah, okay. there's two of them. There's one in Canada and there's one in the U.S. Oh, there is? Mm-hmm. And why is that? I started in Canada. Oh. And a lot of my clients 
were the U.S. Uh-huh. And nobody could believe, no, none of the Canadians could believe that I was not an American. Okay. <laughs> and so, uh, so why? I have no idea. I guess I just thought I was brilliant. Oh, I thought it was because you were so successful too. <laughs> I because guess this so. This is an internet radio station. They could be listening to us right now and. Some province in Canada. There you go. But now you're in San Diego. Now I am, yeah. I work internationally. You do. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about what is it that your firm, Drew & Associates International, does, and what makes your firm different? Mm -hmm. Well, I would say that what makes us different is we... We customize everything we do. You know, I have a firm belief that one size fits one size. Okay. What we are in essence is we are the the ones that will get you the customers. We will analyze your pricing. We will get you sales ready leads. Look at you and who you are and what motivates you and what got you to where you are today. Because Uh obviously you have some talent, but a lot of people don't understand the sales process or they don't understand the business process. Okay. When they come to us, they're, they're pretty frustrated. You know, they don't come to us often to be, I come because they have the going out of business business plan. Okay. And they need some assistance. The best person to look at what you're doing is someone that is not doing it, that doesn't have the emotional tie. Right. With a clean slate, mm-hmm. uh, unbiased. Yeah. So you're working on the demand creation, sales fulfillment, are that the type of activities that your firm does? That's uh, where it started. You okay. know, that's exactly where it started. When I, There's a lot of small business. There's a lot of one-man shows around yes. here. Oh, yeah. And um, you know, and, and actually, a, a lot of different countries have the same situation. The economy has changed, and it's up to you to be in control of yourself. You right. know, that long lifetime job is, is no longer there, unfortunately. So, you know, there's, there's doctors, uh, doctor practices that we work with. There's construction companies. There's investment firms, uh, CEOs. You know, everybody needs something. So we look at what they've got on their plate and we do all the, the background. So it's perfect for them. Mm-hmm. One size fits one size. Right. And we analyze where their time is right now. Where's their opportunity? Is it a pricing opportunity? We'll do the um, competitive analysis of what pricing is out there. What are the best practices of people that are very successful? Say, hey, you know, you, you're really good at this. It's time you started doing that. Right. There are a lot of professional service firms that have trouble with the rain-making element of the business. They're good practice, practicing professionals, mm-hmm. but they're not always the best at going out and securing new business and growing their practice. It seems like, to me, those type of firms would benefit from working with you as well. Absolutely. You know, if you don't, some people hate sales. Yes. Is it, I hate it. Right. I don't want to sell. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And other people really should never do it. Okay. <laughs> They're just not talented in that way. Right. Yeah, they're fabulous, fabulous doctor, but maybe when it comes, you know, to networking and they feel that people want to be sold. Okay. I can tell you right now, no one wants to be sold. Right. They want to buy. Right. No one wants to be sold. Right. They want to make the decision. Exactly. Right. So what we do is help people um, get sales ready leads. You know, 85% of what we do as a business owner, uh, what we do as sales teams, 
though, you know, 85% of the time. And I know because I was a vice president of a very large, you know, sales organization and right. worked with thousands of salespeople over the years. 85% of the time is spent simply searching for someone that is going to have an interest in what you do. Really? As opposed to selling to that person? Yes. And we've done the time studies, okay. you know, where organizations on a whole are spending about 17% of their time actually interacting with customers. That's it. Mm-hmm. 17%. Yeah. So a small improvement in the percentage of time can probably have a huge impact on the bottom line. Absolutely. And that's where you come in. Mm-hmm. That's us. All right. We're going to take our third and final commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. When we come back, we're going to talk about a lot of things. One of them is the books that you've written, some other things that you're doing for companies, the work that you've done with LinkedIn. So, ladies and gentlemen, you don't want to go anywhere because Nancy Drew is filled with information and it's going to benefit you as a mid-market business owner and executive. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsor. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plan and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Be a reader. Tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge now at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to learn from our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on our radio show may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through the support of our radio program. We deliver 20,000 highly targeted sponsor impressions a month. To learn more, contact our advertising department at 949-887-4104. All right, let's return to Nancy Drew. Nancy, before the break, I said we had a whole lot of things to talk about. Let's start with your involvement in women's organizations, women's conferences. I know that you're a keynote speaker. Can you share a little bit about uh, that experience? And do you find that women can relate to your teaching and guidance more than a male coach could? You know, that's, a, that's an excellent question. I, I have come up through male-dominated industry. Right. And uh, I consider myself a guy's gal. Okay. You know, I am right to the point. What are we doing? Let's get there. I like to run. Yeah. Okay. Speed is all my, my game results. I want to see the results turn. But I do notice 
that a lot of women are drawn in to me. I believe that the reason for that is that um, there are not a lot of role models you know, for women in the corporate industry, you know, there's all kinds of stats out there that men will mentor men. They'll pick someone out of, you know, of the group and they will decide that that is my successor. Mm -hmm. That's not happening as much for women. They're not being taken underneath the wing. And the difference is between men and women is more of a style difference than a skill difference. So women have a certain style if they do things. Men have a different style that they do things. Women need mentors to help them, you know, get to where they need to get to. Where for men, there's a lot more of those available, but women certainly lack that. Right. I was at the Orange County Business Journal Women in Business Awards luncheon. And it's interesting you say that because that is exactly what the presenters, many of the presenters who were talking We're talking about the importance of being a mentor Mm -hmm. and finding people in your organization, women in your organization, young women in your organization, and modeling for them the future so that they, it is easier when you have a role model to follow Mm -hmm. to improve yourself versus figuring it out on your own. I agree. Yeah. I, well, I actually speak a lot on this topic. Again, it's a, you've come a long way, baby, but not far enough. (laughs) (laughs) And it's how to break six figures. And it's fun. It's fun. But there's a lot of stats out there. You know, one interesting thing is women hold themselves back from promotion more so than men. Men, you know, feel pretty good about saying, hey, you know, I knocked the ball out of the the park. You know, this is great. So excited. Uh, Where women will give the credit to their team. Mm. So therefore, the people, if you're working for someone else, they don't actually see that the leader was you. They think, oh, wow, that was great of Sally or that was great of Anne. It was nice of Nancy to report it. Right. But, you know, research shows those leaders and that's a quality that's really important for a boss is to be able to share the recognition with the, with the people, especially if, in fact, it were those people who did the work anyway. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. that quality of uh, is really helpful. Mm-hmm. And I think a reason why more and more senior executives are being positions are being filled by women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The financial returns on women in uh, management are fantastic. Right. You know, they do bring something different to the to the pot, which right. is needed for sure. And I think I saw a stat like in the last, I don't know, five years, more jobs are being created by women businesses of similar size yes. than male businesses. So, I, hey, having a son and a daughter, I think it all should just be the same. Regardless. I wish it just I wish. doesn't, it just doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I want my daughter to be as successful and have the opportunities the same as my son. And, and that's the way it should be. Yeah. I would like that. All right. Let's talk about a challenge. We mm-hmm. all have in our businesses challenges that we face. And here on a radio program, we like to talk about challenges, not because we like the fact that you have a challenge or we want to learn about what your challenge is. That's true. But we want to know what are you doing about it? Because we believe in the power of peer learning. Mm-hmm. If you have a challenge and you're addressing it in a certain way, maybe some in our audience can take what you're doing and adapt it to their environment. So can you share with us a challenge in your steps that you're taking to mitigate that? Yeah, I'm happy to. And and I encourage anybody that has an answer <laughs> to, to uh, contact me. Okay. Uh, the challenge that we have right now is that with our clients, I consider that those businesses are us. I consider I am that business. So mm-hmm. if we were working together, this is our business. This okay. is critical mass is ours. I'm your buddy. I'm your partner. We're working together. Uh-huh. And when you get close to a business like that, the real heart and soul is how are we going to help this business be better than they are today? That's the focus. You know, okay. how are we going to make you better? 
the challenge right now is that the your customers, my customers, all of our customers are desensitizing. We are so inundated with messages that we are no longer responding to email like we used to. The messages that we used to send that were interesting and compelling, yeah, it doesn't really cut it anymore. Right. You know, you're not that interesting to me. What's next? We are in an era of massive distraction of shiny object syndrome. Yeah. So the challenge is when I speak or when you speak or my clients speak, are they compelling enough to um, help people make the change that they need to make? And what are you doing in your firm to address that challenge? Well, yeah, I hate to say, I'm going to be totally honest with you. How we're doing it, multiple steps is how we're doing it. Right. One of those steps is really kind of micromanaging the, the process a little bit just to make sure that we get a, a really compelling message. So the micromanage part would be what's, what's the customer seeing? If I was the customer, is this message that you're sending me mm -hmm. via email, via newsletter, uh, when you pick up the phone, are you saying the things that, that are hooking me? Because you are, only have a little bit of time. Absolutely. And if you're saying one thing and that's not what I'm biting on, then that's not compelling enough. Right. So we really manage that process to make sure that there's multiple hooks, multiple packages of appeal, that this looks fantastic. How could I say, no, I want to work with you. Right. So we're building a very compelling message. You know, for, uh, we will also you know, work with people that are speaking you know, and make sure that that is a very compelling message that moves people. Is it emotional? Is it really bringing value? So those are a couple of things we do. Well, that's powerful because um, so there are ways that you can say things that have a greater response, a positive response than other ways. And sometimes you get lucky in sales and just say it, and maybe you remember to do it the next time. But if you can find those messages and reinforce them so that they become habit, mm -hmm. that's where a company, I think, could really get a lot of positive benefit because now they know they're sort of putting their best practices in play in their sales model. Exactly. Yeah. Great. I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but I... Thank you for that. I no, like those no, words. <laughs> no, you, you made a lot of sense to me. I was listening. Um, I know that you've published two books. Yes. 25 Sales Success Strategies and How to Be the Best Salesperson in Your Company in 60 Days or Less, Guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. Great title. Love that. Can you share with our audience some of the ideas behind these books? Yeah, I think that stop trying to sell people is, is one of the big really? ideas. If... Um, if you go into uh, a networking event, you know, like the women who mean business event that you were just at, and your goal is to get some business, well, people can sense that 5,000 miles away. You know, like I said before, people like to buy, but they don't want to be sold to. Right. So, you know, learn how to network is one of the things. And one of the best ways to do that, I'll give you some tips, is stop passing out your card and not engaging people and going to the next. Hmm. Because what ends up happening is you collect cards, they sit on your desk, and you didn't really make a valuable connection in the first place. So those people probably aren't that interested, even if you did follow up. Right. And most people don't follow up. They don't follow they up. They don't follow up. It's very unusual to have any follow-up done, which is just like, well, that could be the reason there's no customers coming in the door. <laughs> so people, you know, take your mother's advice, go out there and make friends. Wow. Make That's friends. That's simple, huh? It's pretty simple. You know, people will connect with you when you take an interest in them. 
when you ask about them, have good quality questions to ask. Yeah, ask about them. You know, how long have they been doing what they're doing? You know, what what do they find most exciting about it? You know, wow, you're you're quite an expert. You know, give them some accolades. You know, I would open for Tony Robbins. And Tony could work a room like nobody's yes, business. I agree. You know, and uh, and he would send he sent me and some others to boot camp where they break you as a speaker and then build you up. Okay. One of the key things is to tell people how great they are. You know, people want to hear that what they're saying to you is good. You know, if you asked a question in school and you gave an answer and it was wrong, you would never answer ever again. Right. You were devastated for right. life. Right. But if someone said, that is fantastic, Rick, Tell what a more. great answer. <laughs> you are on the money today. You're like, I'll answer the next five. <laughs> uh-huh. So that's the second time. And we look for these teachable moments here that you took us, take us back in time to what we learned when we were younger. And it makes me think that there's a lot of things that are just common sense that maybe in our own head we put up a wall or start thinking in a way that's counterproductive to just showing up being genuinely interested and making a friend. Yeah. It's not about doing a hundred different things. We are so massively distracted once again. It's about doing three or four things and knowing what gets you results and doing them brilliantly. Love that. Three or four things that you know get your results and do them brilliantly. Okay. And if people were interested, and how can they not be after we just touched on your two books, where would they find your books? How would they purchase them? Online at uh, Drew and Associates International. Okay. www.drew and, and the word and, associates.com. And how do you spell Drew? Drew, just like Nancy Drew, D-R-E-W. Okay. Take so, the mystery out of sales. So that is your, that's your books, that's your consulting practice, that's the yeah. entire U.S.-based business can be found Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. So tell me about the future. Talk to me about what you're doing, where your growth is going to be coming from. How do you see, when I have you back on the program here at some point in the future, Nancy, what's going to be different, bigger than it is today with Drew? Well, the options right now is, you know, really helping people get their hands around social media. We are the, you know, I would say that we are the social media expert at LinkedIn. Everybody in business, you know, is, is on LinkedIn, you know, and a considerable amount of companies are doing business on LinkedIn. It's in like the high 80 percentile. Um, you know, people are hiring, you know, they're, they're getting business connections, but people don't necessarily know how to utilize this LinkedIn. You could have 5,000 connections and never gotten a piece of business. Right. So what we're doing now is, you know, um, running people's LinkedIn programs. So we're doing messaging campaigns. We are making the telephone ring. We are uh, under their name. So under Rick or, you know, under Bruce or whoever that is, we are actually running the program. So it's a sales cycle that we run. And therefore, then we hand over these ready sales ready leads, sales ready for networking, strategic partners, speaking events, customers, you know, whatever it is that you're looking for, new hires in some cases, you know, we'll do some headhunting on there for people. But the future is social media is not going away. No, it's not. You know, it is really doing well. We know we see a switch. We see people turning off of email. We see the newsletters lacking interest, but we do need to be compelling. We do need to be proven. We do need to have our messaging consistent and out there. So that is really a big focus for us. I think we're going to have to have you back to talk just about your LinkedIn strategy at some point. Would you be willing to come back? And I would love guest? to. Because I think that is a powerful tool, and I'm 
So excited that you're offering that service for your clients. Yeah, that is very, very popular. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's going to do it for us today here on Critical Mass Radio Show. I want to thank you for being a friend of the program, and welcome to our Critical Mass community, Nancy. Thank you. Thank you. And I'd like to thank our engineer for today, Paul Roberts. Our producer is Rachel Franzi. Our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. Our marketing communications manager is Kelly Faltas. This show is brought to you by our commercial sponsors, Succession Strategies, Commerce National Bank, and Smart Business Magazine, as well as Smart Stop Self Storage. So until the next time we have a chance to talk, this is Rick Franzi saying I hope that all of your decisions move your business in a positive direction. You've been listening to Critical Mass, the radio show right here on OCTalkRadio.net.